Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. Hi, my name is Jessica Levy and welcome to PR360. Please subscribe to PR360 at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and leave a review. Also subscribe to YouTube for the video podcast. Today we're turning the tables and uh, having our guest today is Brett Deister. He's host and producer of the PR360 podcast. He's an avid gamer and coffee lover who also hosts a PC gaming podcast called Digital Coffee, where he discusses important industry topics, and he's been doing that since 2014. Brett also has 10 years of marketing, digital merchandising, and public relations experience working with medical technology, nonprofits, and tech companies. Self-taught and fine-tuning his talents and skills over the years, he has successfully launched tech products, written technical releases, and software tutorials, as well as many reviewers' guides for the press. Whether reaching out to influencers or discovering new business partners, he is highly skilled at creating a winning marketing strategy. He also loves to build his own computers and gets excited for the future of all things tech. So welcome to the show, your show, Brett. Um, so just like you always do, um, wanted to find out coffee or tea. Well, right now I am drinking my coffee. so. It's mostly coffee in the morning, but I always switch it up sometimes if I really feel like tea. So it really just depends on my mood, I guess is the best way of saying it. Mm-hmm. I get that. I get that. I'm the, totally the same way. Several cups in the morning, move over to tea later on. And, you know, if you need that extra jolt, a little extra coffee in the day. But um, and then as a former barista, because rumor has it, that's what you were. Um, <laughs> what's the best coffee trick you have? Oh, man, I think. It was when I was actually working there. Stumptown had a Kenya blend that tasted like green apple. And that was probably the best coffee I ever had. It was expensive. It was like 48 bucks for a bag. But it was the but it tasted like green apple. Like you could taste the green apple from it. So that was probably the best I've ever had. I guess the best way of saying it. That sounds incredible. And um, it's gonna make me want to have another cup after I'm done here. So <laughs> So let's first talk a little bit about you and how you got into podcasting. Well, actually, it's going back to being a barista and also, I think, working at Garadelli for a little bit, too, where people are like, oh, you have a radio voice. You should do a podcast. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do a podcast to do it. I got to figure out something or something to talk about. So at the coffee shop, I figured out the name Digital Coffee. And I was like, okay, well, I guess it's now time to start something. And so I used an app. So it was like an app. I don't think it's around anymore. It's called RAR or something like that. And I used that with my phone. And then I finally transitioned over to mics, started learning about mixers, mics, condenser versus dynamic mics, and all the other fun stuff that goes with it. Broke my RSS feed three times. So I made mistakes along the way. And this is where I'm at right now with making mistakes and figuring it out along the way. Right. So how then, I guess, because you've made those mistakes, RSS feed issues and the such. So how has the podcasting scene changed over the last seven years since you started? Because I would assume, I mean, 
we're not breaking RSS feeds right now. <laughs> so, I mean, is it, are there just so many more technologies out there now where people can start? Well, I was doing it through WordPress and I was doing it through, I think it was Google feed burner when that was still around. Apparently it's supposed to come back, but they haven't really announced more of that yet. So I use FeedBurner and Google's like, well, we're going to stop really doing much with that. So I broke it through doing Google stuff. And then I found out that podcasting hosting sites just help you with making sure that doesn't break anymore because doing it by yourself can be a lot. I mean, you pay for what you get, basically. So if you're doing it for free, be prepared for things to happen that you have to fix. And I decided that it wasn't worth my, that much of my time to figure out how to fix things. So I moved on. But yeah, the technology has changed where I, we were talking on a website that uploads natively your audio, my audio by itself. And so no more bad Zoom calls for podcasting video stuff. So that has helped quite a bit as well. And plus... Rode with their mic and their Rodecaster Pro and being remote with a device that can do up to four different mics and also have your own uh, intro outro plus your sound effects as well all in one device is a game changer as well. So a lot of the tech has kind of caught up where anybody can do a podcast, but as always, it, it takes time and you have to put in the time to do it. So did you have any just you're talking audio and such. Did you have some of that training ahead of time? I mean, I know that you were, I believe you were like a PR major in college. Um, And I know I went to Chapman University, also a PR major. And we had to learn some of the film television things and the editing and trying to understand sound. But did any of that, was that taught? And when you were there in, in school? No. No, no, they weren't even teaching social media strategies when I was in school. So basically, <laughs> okay. everything, Same. Yeah, Same. everything <laughs> I learned was basically self-taught of like, okay, this is how, this is what VSTs are, which are basically just plugins for audio to help your audio. This is the, it's called DAW, D-A-W, but this is the software you use. Like there's Adobe Auditions, there's Pro Tools, there's Hindenburg, there's... Audacity, which is the free version, if you were going a little bit cheaper. So I had to like research it all to figure it all out and to and move along my process of figuring out how to use Audacity, Auditions, Hindenburg. I know a little bit about Pro Tools as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I would be lost on all of it, except for possibly the content, right? <laughs> so, um, so speaking of um, content and the such, over the past couple of years, uh, has the podcasting thing, is it now, are you finding like maybe before you were asking people to be guests and then now there's more coming to you or kind of has that changed at all? Are people finding that to be the tool to get their message, whatever it may be out there? For the most part, yeah. I mean, some businesses are a little bit more willing to do it. Uh, I mean, from the stats that I always share with Valerie, which is our boss, basically everybody knows what a podcast is. Most for the most part, about I think it's about eighty-five percent of Americans between a, I think twelve to thirty-five understand what a podcast is. Like they listen to it, they understand what it is all about. So it is the the awareness is already there, and the pandemic did help podcasting quite a bit because everybody had so much free time to either start one or listen to a whole bunch of them at the same time. Well, and speaking of podcasting and when you listen to them, um, actually, 
I mean, I know I, I have my sort of formula when I get to get them in and, and the such, but when do you tend to? It varies. I'm not really consistent about it, which is funny because I do podcasts, but I'm always thinking of like doing other stuff. So that's my problem is that I have a bunch of goals. And so I get lost, but I will listen to like Joe Rogan every once in a while. He's one of the number one podcast podcaster in this industry as well. I mean, I'll listen to some ga- other gaming stuff every once in a while. Some streamers that I might actually follow on YouTube, they might have stuff, or I might just watch YouTube videos in general. I'm sitting on my computer. I kind of like the visual of seeing people. Oh, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people do that too. That's why we do video podcasts at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I can attest. I have a 15-year-old son who uh, watches a lot of YouTube videos and gamers. <laughs> I'm always a little confused, but I get it. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about then... 360, right? Which is why we're here. Um, you've done now over a hundred episodes um, that you've produced and hosted over the past two years. So what's one thing with this particular podcast that you weren't necessarily expecting? It was basically like strategies are all over the all over the place. Not in a bad way, but just people have different ideas of different strategies. I mean, I talk to a couple of different guests about influencer marketing. They got a wide range of different opinions. Some said they don't like the term. Some says that the term's good. Some like like platform-specific type of influencers. Others have said, well, it's not really true because they all use the same thing. So it's been an interesting ride to seeing just the various different opinions of PR people in general and just in the same category, but still have varying degrees of like different ways of going about it. And so that's been a really interesting for me, because you'd think that for the most part, people would be in agreement with a lot of things, but I've seen that it's not so true anymore. Like we just have different opinions about how to go about different things, depending on like social good or anything like that. So it's not a good or bad thing. It's just things that I've noticed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that too with a lot of the guests because I mean, I think that everybody kind of goes, they're all coming at it from different places, right? So there's the PR people who might be coming at it from an agency standpoint and what they're seeing with clients versus, you know, companies that are publicly traded versus smaller companies, startups and the such. So yeah, there does seem to be a bit of a varying amongst those guests. And then as far as the guests, have there been any sort of favorites or standouts where you're like, okay, this was the conversation? (laughs) Um, There's been a few early on. I think his name was Jason, but he, we did a really long pod. It was a two part podcast. So it was like almost an hour long. And we went through like storytelling and like the visualizing of storytelling and how was telling, telling your story was kind of overused nowadays. Uh, we hope people would stop saying it so much. And that was one of them. I think one of the guys that we did, uh, Western digital was a good one as well. And the data guy, Peter, he was actually a pretty good one to have as well. And also talking to uh, one one of our guests, she talked about Wikipedia and that type of thing and how to use Wikipedia for your business because everybody forgets about Wikipedia. So that was interesting. I mean, my thing is that all the guests we've had had a little bit varying of interest. It's just a varying degree of interest. And those have kind of been my standout of like, oh, I never thought about it that way, about Wikipedia, or I never thought about it how Western Digital, which is a big 
company that does basically data storage. So they do hard drives, SSDs, NVMEs, which are different varying hard drive versions of themselves. But that was just one of the things in storytelling. I mean, and the data in general about polling and talking about how mistakes were made in 2016 about polling people in politics and how did that change the way we poll now? And so also one of the things I think that's been a theme over the past two years, it feels to be a bit of a theme, is how companies have been pivoting and adapting, right, over the past couple of years. And you hear that seems to be from several of the the PR360 guests, right? Things that we thought to be true or ways that we would approach things, whether it's, you know, meetings in person or conferences and how are we now adapting to these sorts of things. So are you finding the same thing just in your own area with the podcasting? Like, have you found it to be a lot of pivoting and or adapting over the past two years? I think early on we were debating if we wanted to really wanted to talk about COVID-19, but I kind of felt in the beginning, this was something different and bigger. So I decided to talk more about it. And that seemed to lead to the great pivot of 2020, 2021, as I call it, because everybody was talking about the pivot and pivoting and everything about pivoting. So basically it was just that word in general became bigger. It became the new tell a story. Pivoting was the new, the new word. And I mean, they were right because nobody had to deal with this for a long time. I mean, the Spanish flu was probably the biggest thing that was in like nine the early 1900s and that was the biggest thing for a pandemic wise that we seen we didn't see anything else since then so how do pr pros learn from something that's kind of unknown unless you really research it how do you understand how to do pr for a business that's mostly shut down but not really shut down but everybody's working remote and figuring out how to connect with employees figuring out how to do messaging reviews product launches all live on MS Teams, Twitch, YouTube Live, and making it interesting and then failing for the most part and then figuring out how to not fail after that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that we, I know just coming from my area of doing crisis communications in the past, that you know, I've had plans that have put together for clients where you have, 25, 30 crises, global pandemic has never been on the list. (laughs) It's been, you know, biohazards and terrorist threats and, you know, hostile takeovers, but never a global pandemic. So yeah, I think that it's, it's been across the board um, that how do we pivot and adapt? for for these times unfortunately yeah and the tech companies had to like pick up their tech to make it work for work from home because it was kind of there but not really there quite yet luckily we were in this time frame and not like 20 years ago where it would have been even more difficult to do all this stuff right right when you think about it i mean the longevity of that for two years to not be able to do how we're doing this right now i mean i think that you would just have seen a mass exodus of companies in general, people and companies just folding. So I'm, um, you know, fortunately for technology, we're where we are. <laughs> so um, definitely. So, and also, so what are you, have you also been finding with 
doing the PR 360 podcast and any sort of like new tips maybe that you've come out of these last two years doing this podcast with? Well, it seems interesting because we've had this huge social good push for quite a while. And I'm not, I'm not really trying to get political. I'm just saying social good as a whatever your business wants to do type of a thing. And it kind of crept into advertising where I was watching these ads, watching these marketing materials and going, I don't even know what your product is. Like, I know what you stand for, but I'm buying your product a lot of times. So I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit more focus on selling the product and not selling a, a meaning behind the product a little bit more. I'm seeing a resurgence to the traditional old marketing and PR of like, this is our product. This will, what will help you. This is how we'll solve your problem. So that's what I'm starting to see a little bit more, which is good because a lot of times I just want to buy a product. Like that's all I want to do is to buy the actual product. But that and trying to figure out podcasting and drop and drop out audio and video at the same time is what I'm seeing kind of a little bit more pain points that are going to start sprouting up because you have Twitter spaces, you have Spotify green room, which is a clubhouse thing you have clubhouse and then you're going to have linkedin this year is going to be releasing their own clubhouse version so you're going to be seeing a lot more audio and maybe audio influencers a little bit more video as well but you're going to see a lot more of that in the pipeline now will clubhouse be around for another few years i don't really know to be honest with you they've done some changes some interesting features like you can now listen on your computer now with uh, the newest update so We'll see, but you're going to start to see businesses either trying to get more into sponsoring podcasts because they know how well it actually works. And you're going to start to see more of just audio content being close to popular as the video content as well. And probably short-term audio content similar to TikTok. Yeah, I know. Uh, Speaking of Clubhouse, I've been trying to figure that out and I've still haven't fully <laughs> figured out all of that. It, it feels there's so many different topics or channels that they they have in terms of uh, it's it just, it's a little difficult at this point, I think, to navigate, but that's also a novice, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to think about it as like Twitch or YouTube live, basically. It's live streaming, basically. It's just audio live streaming. So you're not seeing anybody at all you're not seeing their faces you're just hearing them and it's it's not even that but it's also live streaming in a crowded room because everybody can talk at the same time if they wanted to but that makes for a terrible audio experience because you got to have rules of only one person can talk at a time or you're going to have just a mass like everybody talking at once and you're like i don't know what's going on here so you're going to have to have some hard rules and there's not a lot of rules right now because it's still new i guess is the best way of saying it Plus the equipment isn't really there because you're using your phone still to talk and phone microphones are fine for a conversation. If you're just conversating between two of them, but for, for a professional, it's still a little dicey where I'm, when you're hearing and trying to edit people for audio, you hear all the little like, Oh, I don't know if I can fix that. Oh, I don't know if I can make that sound better. I need to fix this, 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 this. So Right now, it's still one of those things, but I do think like having a schedule and figuring out guests ahead of time and making sure you have contingency plans if they cancel as well is probably going to be the best way forward for these types of audio content. And speaking of 
having guests ahead of time and the such. I mean, what would that be one of your sort of main tips for people wanting to get into podcasting is sort of like really maybe you have, because I think sometimes you see a lot of podcasts come and go, right? They'll have like three episodes and then you're sitting there going, okay, where's the other episodes? Is it because they haven't thought about what that calendar may look like, or they haven't pre-booked guests for enough time? Any tips there? Well, there's actually three different, I guess, philosophies in podcasting. There's a solo podcast, which I actually do for my PC one. And it's me talking to the void for the most part. There's co-host one. So you have more than one. You can have you a co-host or maybe three more. And there's interview podcasts. Now, interview podcasts will probably be the most common for the most part because people don't like talking to themselves. But the funny part is, is that if you really want to get good at like interviewing or talking into a microphone or even just figuring out podcasting yourself, a lot of times solo podcasts are the best way of doing it because you have to fill time. You can't have too much dead air because dead air is just basically going, wait, is this, this podcast over? Like, I don't understand what's going on. So they all have their varying like positives and negatives to it. Interview podcasts like we do for PR360, you always have to be aware that guests will cancel on you. They may not even respect your time sometime or anything like that. So there's that. So you always have to have a backup for that as well. Co-hosts, the same thing. You got to figure out timing schedules and everything. And even though it would be great to go back and forth with them, they may not always be reliable sometimes. And then the solo podcast is, well, it's just you. So hopefully you're interesting. Hopefully people like what you're hearing. If not, well, then you got to figure out how to be more interesting, I guess, the best way of saying it. I guess my sort of final question for you or thing to talk about is what are you most looking forward to in the next hundred episodes of PR 360? I just think just getting really good guests. I mean, I just, I even forgot, but we also had the CEO of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, which was another great episode as well. So that was a really good enlightening one too. Just hearing his, I guess you can hear his positivity coming out from it too, but just seeing more of that, just seeing more of just, making sure that we're talking about like PR's tactics and strategies and maybe just being a little bit more neutral about where we stand on everything. Cause I like neutrality. I like just going back to the basics of PR and being like, how can we get the most people to be aware of our stuff? Not picking battles, not picking sides, just caring about making the business and the company that you work for, or maybe the agency you work for the best it can be, no matter where you stand on, your personal political issues or anything like that. That's really what I would like to see in the next hundred episodes is less politics and more just getting back to the basics of PR. I would agree with that. I mean, I think it's interesting because we've talked in our individual teams and, and the such about going back to basics, right? Going back to some of those fundamentals. And yes, there can be some tweaks to to programs um, and you do have to, adapt, right, as things change. But there are some fundamentals that I think every PR program could benefit from. But well, thank you, Brett, for your time and um, letting me sort of sit in your chair (laughs) for the day. And um, for everyone else, once again, please subscribe to PR 360 at Apple Podcast. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and leave a review. And also, if you want to see the video podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. 
And that is it for the day. So thank you, Brett. Um, and thanks for uh, humoring me and letting me sit uh, on this side. Uh, no, no worries. It's always a hard chair to fill, but you did a great job. Great. Thank you. All right, guys. See you next week with another great guest from PR360. Later.